and welcome to the Aviva podcast. My name is Ben Moss, and this is a podcast series that we make to keep our Aviva colleagues up to date with the different things happening across our organization. But we also let the outside world listen in. So if you don't work for Aviva, you're also very welcome. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Now, this episode is one of our data science specials, and we're going to go right back to basics, actually, to find out what it is and why it's important as well. And I'm really pleased to say that I'm joined by Sarah Applegate, Quantum Data Science and Partnerships Lead, and Craig Armstrong, Lead Data Scientist at Aviva. I have to say, I do not work anywhere near data science, so uh, don't expect any intelligent questions from me on this podcast. Sarah, I'm going to start with you, actually. What is Aviva Quantum? What, What does that area of the business do? Aviva Quantum is our data science community at Aviva, and it's for data-led or data-inspired individuals to help them share skills, tools, techniques, and best practice. It's also a virtual team, so it sits across all of Aviva's businesses and all of our countries as well. So we've got Canada, Ireland, and the UK all joining us in this global community. Here's a really basic question. What is data science? It's a really good question, actually, because there's so many <laughs> different phrases or ways ways of describing it. And I know this myself because I actually just joined this team a couple months ago. So I had to learn this myself. So I'll share with you the one that resonates most with me, but I'm sure Craig can jump in and give you his definition as well. So data science for me is the field of study that combines domain or business expertise with programming skills or computing skills and a knowledge of mathematics, particularly statistics. And that's to extract meaningful insights from data. Craig, well, I mean, you are the lead data scientist. Did Sarah get that right? Yeah, I'd agree with a lot of that. I mean, the one I... I've got written down is uh, data scientists would typically be looking to deliver data-driven insight into the business, and they could do that in a number of ways. A lot of what they might do would involve the processing of the data, and we have a lot of it to process. They'll be looking to visualize that data to help others understand it, and they'll be looking to build models from that data, but all with the aim of getting that insight into the business. Data science, by the sound of it, couldn't be further away from my own personal skill set. But the jobs I know of that do exist in Aviva are things like maybe an actuary or a statistician. How is what you do different to what they do? So I am actually an actuary, so I've probably got a good insight into uh, into the, that overlap. And, and there is a lot of overlap between those fields where data scientists might typically be different to those other two professions is that the data scientists will typically deal with larger volumes of data and they will have the, the skill set and the expertise and the knowledge of the tooling that comes with the sheer volume of that data. But there will be a lot of overlap. There'll be actuaries that can deal with the large amounts of data with data scientists that can do actuarial stuff. That's the distinction I would typically make. Yeah, it's a really broad range of backgrounds that, that come into data science. So even before being an actuary, I was a biochemist and there might be many biochemists in, uh, in, in, in data science, but typically you'll find a lot of people will come from STEM backgrounds. So science, technology, engineering, maths, and that kind of fits the skill sets that we typically be looking for. So Sarah mentioned there, maths and coding and statistics are a key part of what we do. And also that sort of scientific or technical mindset helps helps a lot. But I, mean, I don't want to give too much of an impression that all we do is sort of lock ourselves in dark rooms and hack away at computers and get in sort of... Uh, uh, always deep in the data. Communication is a key part of what we do as well. If these models that we make or this insight that we produce never makes its way into the business, we don't get to derive the value from that. So the ability to communicate that deep technical work with people who are may, uh, maybe a less technical audience is a really, really important part of what we do as well. 
Yeah, and I absolutely resonate with Craig on that point. Having people who can communicate the technical information is just as important as having the technical people because we will never get into a deployment if we aren't able to um, tell people what the benefits are. So if we build a tool for someone, but we don't tell them how to use it, there was no point in us building that tool. And that's why it's really important to bring in other people who aren't technical data scientists as well to this world. Sarah, your background isn't in data science, is it? And you've been plunged into this world. So how, how have you been finding it? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an accountant by background, which probably sounds to people who aren't accountants, maybe a bit more mathematical than it is. Anything beyond times in numbers by the tax amount is probably the limits of mathematical skills maybe required sometimes in accounting. So moving into a world that's much more statistical and you know deep in-depth technical knowledge is quite different for me and it's been a learning curve and I did spend about five minutes starting a coding course after which it felt a, a little bit much and I had to take a break and haven't gone back quite yet but it's all just so interesting and even if you don't have a background in mathematics or something really technical you know STEM subjects or anything like that there's still lots that you can follow and learn from in this field. And that's what I'm finding. You know, every, every day feels like a TED talk in a really interesting and insightful way. So, Craig, what does Aviva use data science for? So there's a wide range of things. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and cover a few um, use cases that I find quite interesting. So the, the traditional one and the one that actuaries have been doing for years and years is what we call risk costing. And a good example there is if someone takes out a car insurance policy with us, we need to take a view on the likelihood that we will need to pay out on that policy. So the likelihood that someone will have an accident. And if they have an accident, how severe is the accident going to be? So there's an accident that could cost not much money. If I crash my old Mondeo, but if someone crashes their fancy supercar, that could end up costing quite a lot more. And the way we get insight into how likely those accidents are to happen and how much those accidents could cost, we would often do via data-driven models. And there'll be other things that feed into that as well, but the modeling is going to be really important there. I know there are teams around Aviva that look into fraud and just due to the, the scope of our business, the range of things that we do, there are lots of opportunities for us to run into fraud whether that be fraud uh, due to claims or fraud due to third parties and distributors, things like pension scams you, you hear about in the media fairly frequently. And we can use data-driven insight to try and detect and, and, and combat that. And another good one that I like is um, trying to help with the customer journey. So we write a wide range of policies and all of them with kind of small differences. And when customers phone in to try and make a claim, for example, there's a lot for our call handlers to deal with there because the, there's, there's a lot of information they have to take on board. Uh, one of the key streams uh, of data science work that happens, particularly in the, in the healthcare business that I've seen, is really helping those claims handlers with dealing with that information by putting all the information they need at their fingertips, uh, make it easier to make quick decisions and accurate decisions for the customer. Craig, you, you've explained really well what a data scientist does and the, and the value that you and people like you can bring to an organization like Aviva. Is there that worry, though, that maybe a, a team of people crunching big numbers means certain jobs will be lost, people will be replaced, replaced by machines. Is that a fear within the insurance industry or within people who work in this type of field? It's not something I see particularly day-to-day uh, -day in my work. In terms of what we do, it requires a lot of collaboration between us and the subject matter experts around the business. Doing that data science in isolation would be dangerous and it wouldn't be the best way we could do it. So it actually brings a lot more people. Uh, it requires a lot of different people around the data science 
uh, projects. And in terms of where things like automation might take us, I think it's just freeing people up to do the more interesting stuff and add value where people really can add value rather than the, the handle turns that we can be leaving to machines. And from my perspective on this one, Ben, I remember a few years ago seeing a piece of research saying that one of the top 10 jobs that will disappear with the rise of robots will be accountancy. And as an accountant, you know, that not a great place to be. But I agree with Craig completely that it's not about taking jobs. It's about enhancing the inputs that we can give into jobs. So if we can take away some of the manual grunt work that people don't actually enjoy doing to spend more time on the value add or more time with customers rather than doing work that could be processed by a computer. Is there a typical day in the life of a data scientist. Yeah. So as you can imagine, it's going to be quite varied um, and it's going to depend on the team you work in and it's going to depend on how long you've been at the company, what you're interested in, that kind of thing. So a reasonable amount of time might be spent doing technical work, data processing, that model building, that, that kind of thing, really forehead down at the computer. There, yeah, always deep in the data. But there's also a lot of planning that needs to happen around what projects are going to happen, talking to stakeholders, not only about what we can deliver to them, but what they want from us. So we need to make sure those things join up. There's a lot that goes on around strategy as well. And uh, I was with Sarah just this week at a meeting we had at the University of Cambridge where we were talking to their academics about where we might be able to collaborate on um, the real cutting edge data science work. So, yeah, it is it is really very varied. Oh, Sarah, tell us a bit more about that. That sounds exciting. I mean, I have to say we've done podcasts previously about data science and working with Cambridge. So where are we now with that partnership and what are we doing with them? Yeah, so we are a couple of years now into this partnership and we will hopefully by the time this podcast goes live, you'll be able to have a look at our annual report, which showcases all the great things that we have been doing and are continuing and looking to do with the University of Cambridge as a core partner to Aviva Quantum. So we engage on variation of things with them, which includes research such as sponsoring PhDs or shorter term research projects. We also use their expertise in training and development to, to help train up some of our own staff in particular subjects such as natural language processing, which don't ask me what that is, Ben, that's a question for Craig. Um, but some recent and developing tools and techniques that we might not have much use of or experience in yet that the world of um, academia are further ahead in the exploration of. And we use the relationship with the University of Cambridge to help give us more insights. Well, those podcasts I mentioned, they were pre COVID, they're still available. So go into our back catalogue. And yeah, I chatted to a few of the people who are doing PhDs and, and working with Aviva, and they are some very, very intelligent people. So well worth a listen. We better not walk past that then, Craig. What, what was Sarah referencing then? NLP, is it? What is that? Yeah, so that's natural language processing. I suppose that's a good introduction to the idea that data can come in lots of different forms. It's not just numbers in tables. It can be things that people have written down in various uh, maybe policy documents or uh, any kind of document, really. And it's trying to extract the information from that text or maybe even that speech and deriving insight from that data. Sarah, you're only a couple of months into working with Aviva Quantum with the data scientists. So you've probably got a a really good perspective of some of the really exciting things you've seen. So what is it that this team of data scientists should be really proud of or that you're really impressed by the work they're doing? There's so much going on in this team that 
is fantastic that we don't shout about enough. Part of what I want to do and coming into this role is to help everyone to shout about that louder. One of the things that I'd actually seen that lured me into the world of quantum was a tool that's been deployed in our UK general insurance commercial lines team, so helping businesses. And this is a tool called KIT or commercial intelligence tool. And it's been developed as a decision support assistance for underwriters. And it's used both data scientists and underwriters coming together to build this model to help see poor customer outcomes before they happen, underwrite the whole customer and doing this without asking any questions. And there's no way this could be done without data science because it's pulling in 55 million rows of data, which just wouldn't be possible or efficient for underwriters to do. It it feels to me this must be a very fast-paced world, anything to do with technology and and this type of thing is always fast-paced. But is it? I mean, are you doing stuff now that one or two years ago you wouldn't even thought you would be doing? Does it move quite quickly? It does move quite quickly, yeah. Particularly at Aviva, there are things that we can do now that we couldn't do maybe one or, or, or two years ago in particular. Uh, with regard to the kind of tooling and the tech that gets put in front of us. So quite recently, we've we've been collaborating closely with, with IT teams who have been able to understand the sort of needs of data scientists better than maybe they could a, a few years ago. And really, kudos to them. They've very quickly been able to put in front of us the kind of tooling that we need that mean we can do things today, even that we couldn't do maybe in February or March time, particularly in terms of the computing power that's in front of us, the automation capabilities that we have, uh, the ability to uh, deliver insight to other teams in slicker, faster ways, it, it is moving quite quickly and we're thankful for that. Sarah, what, what makes Aviva Quantum special then? I mean, you've clearly taken them to your heart. So <laughs> what makes them so special? Yeah, so the fact that Aviva Quantum exists has enabled a community of people who may not otherwise get to work together or even know each other exists. So it's breaking down silos. It's bringing together a community of like-minded and like-skilled individuals to learn, build and create together. And this helps both our people, our customers and our wider communities. I guess when I think of the little I know about quantum and what I've heard here, it feels like, okay, you need to be of a certain type of person and they will go and work together and they'll crunch numbers and do all that type of thing. And that's not for me. Is there opportunities for people to get involved in data science in some way, maybe in the storytelling angle you you mentioned earlier on? Is that is that are those opportunities there for people who, who think this sounds interesting, but maybe don't come from that, I'll call it a technical background? So some of the people I work with on our team are, are quite open about the fact that they don't feel like they are card-carrying data scientists, but they are some of the people that add the most value to the team for the exact reasons that you say. There is the storytelling and there is the translation between what our teams are producing and what, what the business wants, being able to have that common language and common knowledge of, of the two sides of the business that doesn't need to be expert level in both. It just needs to be above, above a certain threshold and they're, they're really important people to have around. And there's loads of ways to come into the team, even if you do want to go down the technical route, but you're not from that background. We've got lots of people who've come from different areas that aren't technical backgrounds, but have just decided, you know, I'd, I'd love to do a master's in data science and let's let's give it a go and, and see what it's like. And who knows, maybe in a few podcast time, Ben, I can come back and tell you that I've successfully coded something and you can, you can hold me to that. I'll, I'll put it on my to-do list because I think it is accessible for more people than, than realize. And we've got lots 
lots of options for apprenticeships, both for existing staff and for new staff as well, across a number of levels for data scientists. So if anyone is interested, this is something that we already offer. I thought you were going to challenge me there, Sarah. I started to go slightly pale. Um, I'm glad yeah, <laughs> you can do the you can do the coding. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to recording podcasts. Craig, I've got something in the back of my mind that recently or in the last few years, you know, one of those headlines you get like the data scientists are the, are the rock stars of the of the 21st century of the 2020s or something like that. Is it a job and a career that is that has got real future in it? It's not something that's sort of today's, I don't know, trend and then tomorrow will be replaced by something else. I think it probably does have a lot of legs in it. And if you look at the sort of march of technology uh, fairly recently, it's only you know, technology is just advancing and advancing and advancing. We we are getting more and more data from more and more sources and we're looking to derive more and more insight from that. Maybe it won't continue on such a steep upwards trajectory as it has been over the past few years, but I think there certainly is a, it's a future in it. And I don't think it's a here today, gone tomorrow kind of an industry. People are always going to want sort of insight from the, the, the data that they've, they've got. Yeah, and, and we, we seem to think that data science is a new thing, but, you know, data science as a term was coined back in the 70s. So it's increasing, as Craig says, it's ever increasing, but it's not necessarily new or a fad. It's just becoming bigger and more important to businesses. If people have listened to this and been inspired, um, how can they get involved in data science or Aviva Quantum? So if you are not an Aviva person who is listening, I would encourage you to have a Google or there are other internet providers available to uh, look for our joint report with the University of Cambridge, and there'll be loads of interesting stuff in there that you can read up on. Uh, and of course, listen out for more podcasts. If you are an internal Aviva person, um, I would encourage you to have a search for quantum on our intranet, and you'll be able to sign up for our mailing list and get some insights into what's going on and ways that you can get involved. Sarah Applegate and Craig Armstrong from the Aviva Data Science team. That's Quantum. Thank you so much for your time today. I feel like I better understand. I'm not going to say I fully understand it, but I definitely better understand it now. And we're going to do a series on data science in Aviva and Aviva Quantum as well. So plenty more podcasts like this to come. And if you would like to find out more about what Aviva does around data science, please do check out the show notes.